Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another cool conversations with Lashira Lee. And baby, you know, I told you if you're a romance reader, if you love romance, Thursday evenings at seven o'clock, this is the place to be because we are going to be all things romance. Now, black romance is never out of season, it is always the style. And we're going to showcase some of my favorites. Uh, I got a lot of favorites. I'm gonna get in trouble here. Hey, <laughs> a lot of favorites. We're gonna showcase some of my favorites uh, that we don't have time conflict with the next uh, month or two. So we have with us tonight Nicole Falls, Ty Love, and Millie Bazaar. Millie, how you pronounce your last name? It's everybody has problems with it. It's Belazare. It's my mom's maiden name. Belazare. Oh, that is fancy. That's pretty. No, that's pretty. Like that. And we got the one and only, honey. My boo, Nanette <laughs> Kelly. Let me tell you, if you're an author, you need to know Nanette. She will keep you in stitches. Hi, Leslie. And uh, Leslie, I need to inbox you too by uh, Clubhouse. I'm glad you popped up. And uh, she will keep you in stitches. And she's an avid supporter. So I want to introduce you all to the crew this evening. Baby, we're going to talk African-American romance. So I want to get it started. Since we got time, we got some love. You know, I was <laughs> girl. I have never seen your face. You know, you know, a lot of times a lot of authors are introverts. So I didn't know if everybody was gonna come out and play. The people I wanted to discuss and talk to, I didn't know everybody was gonna come out and play. And so far everybody's saying yes. So I am thrilled because baby, that unforgettable, the unforgettable oh. series. Girl, oh. let's talk about these folks. You got unforgettable. Then we got Millie, honey. You know she came out with this, um, her, uh, her, her Valentine's Day shorts. You know, reintroducing us to the thugs we love and the thugs again. You know, Millie and and Nicole, honey, Nicole, and running again. She had that dirty Valentine, which was a little dirty. I, I, I was because <laughs> it was almost on the verge of erotica. But wait, we're gonna discuss that. Oh, look, you know, some head nodding here. Hello, <laughs> all right. So, Ty, let's talk about the Unforgettable series. Now, when you plotted this series, did you see your characters first, or did they just pop up in your head? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it depends. Most of the time, it just pops up in my head. Like, Unforgettable Man wasn't, well, Devin wasn't supposed to be Unforgettable Man. Remember, if anyone read my stuff, he was originally a bad character in one week. And something about him, I still wanted to write about him. So. He was bad. He was bad. He was bad. He almost he didn't steal the show, but he was a uh, he, he was a showstopper. He was someone as a reader that you would continue to remember. Yes, yes. So when I did Unforgettable Kiss, I it just it just hit me like why not make Devin a part of the whole series and. And then it kind of just went from there because actually one week is a whole different series. So I actually took Devin from one series and brought him to another. So yeah, it just really depends. Like I, yeah, I didn't, um, and I took Devin and trade name from a boy I had a crush on back in high school. So I knew uh, that. I can't say, look, I can't, I can't really talk about the real names. Really no, about I don't know who's listening, but uh, yeah. I know that's right. I know that's right. Now look, now, Devin, you act like you want us to believe that Devin was a good boy, but I'm with Siobhan. Devin was a bad boy. And so you wanted us, you, you, you wanted us to believe that Devin had reformed 
his uh his uh some kind of uh, of uh garden utensil ways <laughs> like rain honey with the plan and you had the nerve to make us feel sorry from him. Girl, what you trying to do? What are you I know that was like the hardest book for me to write because I wanted someone that people didn't really like. I kind of made him almost a little likable. I tried to by the time I finished one week, but there are a lot of people still didn't like him. I had people saying, I don't think you can make me like him. But most people who read the book end up really liking him. And so far, that's my most successful book, uh, uh, ironically, is An Unforgettable Man about a, a, a rascal, a scoundrel that I turned into uh, a good man. Because you know what? That's what that's what a whole lot of us try, try to do. So you know what? That thing resonated with folks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's what we, that's what we all want to do. We all have that's that dream what, of, yeah, of changing know. a bad boy. We want to change mm-hmm. a bad boy to good. Change yes. a bad boy. Uh-huh. Look, pe- yes. people relive in their past. Oh, oh, current. Look, that's not for me, me to judge. I'm not the judge of jury. Now, you know, your partner over here, Millie, every time I see her name, I keep thinking of that Lil Wayne song. And then every, every time. Every time. That, was, that was all I heard in middle school. That, well, girl, I'm wow. going to tell you. Sorry, okay, but okay. I may have been one. I probably wouldn't have done it to your face. I'm not the type of person, but in the background, I've been like, so weird. Now, Millie, now, you know, you 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 kind of remind me of Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey, you know. Now last week, Aubrey, you know, it was my first time actually interviewing her, but I found out she was in denial because she told me, she told everyone that she wanted to write an urban fiction novel, and I was like, "Boo, boo! Have, have you actually read what you've been reading? You already got your foot and your hand in there. So when you are penning your books, uh, what do you consider your your, your genre?" Well, to be honest with you, every book that I've put out so far kind of like has a different subgenre. Like I'm writing romance, but my first book was more like urban. And then like the second one was heavily contemporary. And this last one was like coming of age. So I'm kind of all over the place. You are. Now, what would you consider <laughs> your urban? Let's compare notes. What do you consider your urban? Whose story? Um, the Collide series is as close to urban as I think I've gotten so far. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna agree with you. So you're not in denial, like Aubrey. She just not like, girl, you're already dead. If she write a full uh, urban novel, honey, look, I'm gonna be scared to open it. I'm like, girl, you're already there. But I, I like the fact that you know, for so long, our um, your your counterpart, they've been able to have fantasy, urban. Paranormal. They've been able to mix everything, and no one says a word. But honey, as soon, soon as we do it, woo, people got a lot to say. So I think that um, what what I've noticed is that um, people are allowing themselves that creative being and to be creative. So do you feel like you don't want to be placed in the box when you talk about genres, or you feel like when you write, you just ready to let it rip? I think that because of the kind of reader I am, I can't be the kind of writer that just writes one subgenre. So, like, I, I, I'm all over the place, and I'm happy to be. Okay. Now, now pronounce your last name again. Belazare. Belazare. Now, see, they're probably fancy. Now, I see different Bella <laughs> here, and that seems like a character. Belazare, honey, look, y'all better write that, because that seems like something that Deborah Mello would write, uh, write, write that, that Belazare. Now, Nicole Paul, girl. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Nicole, girl, shit, you, you got a wicked pen. I know I'm not the first one to tell you this, but you got a wicked pen, and you're another one. You write whatever you do feel like writing. You call yourself a contemporary romance writer, and a lot of you all, I think, Ty, would you consider yourself contemporary? Yeah, you know what? I'm still trying. I'm, I'm like, really, I don't, it's like, I don't, it's like, I want to write all kinds of books, but people kind of get you, sometimes get you pigeonholed. Like, if you write a certain way, they like used to it. So, yeah, I actually, you know what? I, I read all kinds like of things. You, you, Nicole, Millie, Aubrey, Cece, I don't know. I was going to call y'all something else. You know what? I'm going to come up with a name for y'all. <laughs> I'm going to come up with, I don't know, contemporary. You no, know, like, I, I don't, I, I just feel so why like. Don't you, why don't you think it's contemporary? I think it's contemporary, but you all do, you all do so much. You all do, yeah. do so much, and I, I think a lot of what you've done um, is actually, and I say this to Love and CCJ so many times, and it's true, I think that you all have charted a whole different path. So you all need a whole di different name. There's nothing wrong with, with contemporary, but you all are doing so much and doing like, it, it, like when, when I read a book, I'm not sure what I'm going to get next from you guys, and mm -hmm. I love it. You know, Millie, honey, I don't know if we're going to be climbing walls or shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here for all of it. And, and Nicole, honey, you, you just, you, you're one of those people as well. And I like the fact that how in your Valentine story and the same thing with um, Millie, you helped us revisit these couples, mm -hmm. but you gave it a whole different spin. I didn't feel like in your Valentine, uh, not your Valentine, but the other story you had, um, the other book you had. Um, oh, um, the one that just came out, Running Back? Yeah, yeah Running Back. I didn't feel like that I was uh, revisiting the same storyline. You all made, made it fresh. And so I know that as a writer, you know, keeping those components that we as readers love, but also being able to uh, make it fresh. How difficult was it for you? Were you very cognizant of that as you were writing? Like, uh-uh, I can't do that because I don't want to repeat that. Uh, I want to bring something different. Or did you just like, okay, I'm just going to do, do this and write what I want? So with that project in particular, I was super cognizant of making sure that it wasn't a retread of the stories that those people came from. So um, for anybody who's watching, who's unfamiliar, so my latest release. I ain't nobody unfamiliar with you. Y'all need to stop. Come on, Well, because people, you know, people know what they know and don't know what they don't Um, You know, it's three novella-ish things um that are all second chance <laughs> stories the life thing always blows me because every time i try to categorize a book and what it's it hard it is it is hard yeah so because i initially said they were three short stories but then the book is sixty thousand words so technically that's three novellas um uh, yeah. it's uh yeah. a compilation of three short stories taken from um characters who were side characters in previous works um and they are all brought into their own different situations and each of their situations actually ended up being a sort of a second chance romance kind of thing, um, which is how all of them, you know, came into that um, compilation. And going into it, I was like, okay, you know, I'm revisiting the people that we first met these side characters through, but I also want to make sure that the situations that I'm putting these side characters who are now mains in are not just retreads of everything else that everyone else has gone through around them. So it was super important to me to like keep that front of mind. Like I, I typically don't go back and read my work, but I went back and read wow. that those people um, were in just so I can be like, okay, girl, like you can't get mad at him because he left the toilet seat up because she did. Like, you know, <laughs> like little just simple, 
stuff like that. Um, I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to be sure that I didn't, you know, um, repeat or just, it's, I mean, hard, it's hard to do in romance. Um, one thing that's kind of hard to do is to make all of the conflicts different. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to have a finite number of conflicts. Um, And then also to make all of the romantic scenes different as well, um, because there's only so many ways to fit a square peg into a round hole. So, uh, really? (laughs) (laughs) You just started the net. You just started the net. Really? (laughs) So, I mean, like, I had to keep those things sort of like top of mind so it wouldn't feel stale or you know not fresh or it, it wouldn't keep people's um attention beyond you know the the beginning like you know sometimes you'll get to and I'm a heavy romance reader as in addition to being a writer and so you know you'll see the same types of stories come up over and over again tropes and all that and stuff um but it's the unique ways that people put their spin on it that kind of, you know, delineate, you know, oh, this is a, you know, a book that I would like to progress and keep reading as opposed to being like, okay, I know where this is going to happen. And I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Now, Nanette, you're an avid romance reader. What keeps you reading? Do you have to, it, does the book have to grab your attention from the gate or oh, can no. you just kind of read and say, okay, I, I can catch on? It, it, two things. It depends on who wrote the book and how invested I am. You know, Mm. if this is one of my favorite, favorite authors, I'll plow through it. I'll complain the whole time, but I'm going to read it. But if it's a new person, then if if it doesn't catch my attention, then I'm done. Because I have a very short attention span. Mm. I'm one of those people that you, you have to get me or I'm done. But the other thing you were talking about, Nicole, is secondary characters. Mm-hmm. As an avid reader, I love secondary characters because yeah. the primary characters can get boring. If they've got too much angst going on, then you don't want to be bothered because there's too much going on. But <laughs> I feel like if you have a good secondary character or a couple or that, like, you know, that secondary person, then it it makes me want to read more. And then when that person, when you come out with the book about the secondary characters, I remember them and I think, oh, I liked him in this story. Let me read that, you know, Mm -hmm. so it all connects. The other thing I was thinking while y'all was talking is that I don't particularly care. I have a hard time grouping genres. Mm -hmm. I feel like a good story is a good story. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't yes. really understand that whole genre thing. I don't really care that our authors, especially the the, the our black authors, are so creative. Our minds are so creative. Our lived lives are so creative that you can't put us in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't put you can't put your creativity in a box. I know you have to do it for Amazon and all of those people. But with the with the indie office coming up now and everybody saying, you know what, I'm going to do me as a reader, I appreciate it. I totally agree. Now I want to know, like for people who are listening and if you want to comment, are the secondary characters important to you? You can say yes, no, you don't have to put a, a you don't have to write a thesis, but if secondary characters are they important to you. <laughs> I just want to, uh, 
double back about the secondary characters thing. Okay. Um, for me, like when I am writing, yes, the relationship between the man and the woman and how that progresses is super important to me. But I also think that it's super um, key to bring in people who are not the romantic interest so you can see how that person reacts to situations mm -hmm. or just how that person maneuvers through life that is not them putting on to look good for the person that they are trying to attract to them. Because yeah. in life, a lot of the times, you know, we present one version of ourselves to the person that we are trying to get with in a romantic mm -hmm. way as I'm opposed to, to how mm -hmm. we present ourselves to everyone else in our lives. So like those secondary characters come in, that sort of just like rounds out like who the person really is and gives you like a even deeper like look into, you know, this person as a real life character as opposed to a TV like cut out. I actually love secondary characters. Sometimes I like writing about them more than the primary. Um, <laughs> Depends on the story. Sometimes I really get into secondary. I'm like, okay, I got to get back to the primary. Um, just because, uh, just for me, there's more pressure for you to like the primary characters, or what you know, you have to have some kind of emotion toward them. You want to root for them or hate them. But the secondary characters, they can be more laid back. They can be funny. They, you know, they can be more serious. A voice of reason, um, and not so much pressure to make those characters as likable because it really. Um, in the big scheme of things, um, are supposed to be supporting or keeping the plot going. Yeah. So for me, I really do like uh, focusing sometimes more on the secondary characters. Why? So my secondary characters, like Devin, became a primary one in a future book. Yeah. Okay. Now it's amazing because most of the people that chimed in, they all said yes. And you know, mm -hmm. I can think of secondary characters in in all, uh, all of your books who actually became main characters. And in Millie's book, I can think of secondary char characters. Who are ruthless and who um you know they really do help to move the plot forward and I, I can think of that in in each of your books and how you're able to revisit as i was saying earlier and i think that each each of you all do a great job of revisiting your um previous characters who now may become secondary characters but they also help to move that uh the heroine and the hero um uh, up now how hard is it for you or do you have in your mind when you are plotting, you like, okay, um, I know that this person or th this character needs to do this in order to move that that plot up. So I don't know with Millie. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the song, so I'm trying to think of the song. <laughs> <laughs> so can I get like a better understanding of the question? So you're saying like, yeah. how easy is it for me to create secondary characters? Yeah, to help to move do... the plot forward. So one thing that I will say is I agree with um, Nicole about what she said on how secondary characters can help us kind of like illustrate our main characters in a, in a much like broader context. Um, I think that for me, like sometimes when you're reading a book, especially a romance book, and you've got two main characters interacting with one, one of like one another, you don't really know what their motives are outside of that relationship. And sometimes it's like, when they're interacting with the side characters that you can kind of see, okay, this is what this person's mm -hmm. goal is. This is what this person really wants. And this is how this person really is. And so I think it can move a plot, but it can also really illustrate who the character you're dealing with is. Okay. Now, now we've got authors. You got uh, Ms. Ellie Wright. She agree with Nicole. And then you got um, Big, Big Sister Deborah Mello. Uh, <laughs> secondary characters are necessary to help our primary characters to, um, be way around it. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Okay. It, it, it's, 
especially for me, I tend to write in first person. And if I'm writing in first person, and sometimes I don't do um, dual. So I mean, you might just see the woman's perspective, the entire book or the male's, very seldom do I do two. And so the secondary characters help the reader know what possibly is going on by their conversation. So for me, I definitely have to use the secondary characters to help move the plot, um, to help illustrate how that main character is feeling or illustrating outside of that relationship, because we don't know exactly. That's why my stories are like a twist in a way, because you don't really know the motivations of my characters. You, you know the hero, but you might know what the hero's thinking and vice versa. And I know when I first started writing, uh, some people were aggravated with that style. They're used to hearing from both, um, both main characters. And you can't really have a twist if you know what both of them are thinking. So a lot of my writing does do that. Now, Unforgettable Man was probably the first that I did completely with both perspectives. I've done some other books with, I kind of threw in a, a chapter on what the other person was thinking, but Unforgettable Man's first time I did both. And, um, and I really did that mainly because, again, Devin was really likable. And I mean, Devin was likable in his nastiness. And so I, I, I was about to say that now look, you talking about Devin is not likable. Okay, man, this is gonna be debatable. Okay. Now she now now and now, now Ty, Ty really trying to get us to like this woman right here. She like he reformed, like she on the Devin Reform Committee. That that's my thing, Ty on the Devin Reform Committee. No, I be, I mean I believe people can change. I mean I, I do, mean, and that's what and that so uh, so there will be some characters over time that you might not like that I try to make likable in the future. He was the first one I really tried to do that with. Um, but, I would say um, you really yes. did succeed. Now, I was hesitant at first. I was hesitant at first. I thought, okay, this brother gonna bring out some tricks. He he gonna have his whole <laughs> he gonna have his whole weeds up in there. Cause you know he was a garden utensil. But you know she tried to make a love, and then she gonna want she want us to be sympathetic. I know, yeah, and I had a, and I had a criticism of. They were like, "How are you making? Basically, you trying to be nice and say the garden tool, try to make a garden tool likable. Like, why? You know, they were like really mad with me of a, 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 a man that's known to be a cheater to to be the the interest, the primary character, look, look, the love look, interest in another book. Look, you were trying to take the garden tool out of the garden and put and put him back on the wall of Lowe's, girl. You know what? I saw her. I saw her. This this is this conversation, like all of this is kind of funny because I had an epiphany earlier just like thinking about characters and what I'm writing currently. Um, because right oh, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. you said currently. See, yeah. that, 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 that's all I heard. Is a spin-off from a book that I've previously published. And so okay. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know she's not doing this to us. She just doesn't. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute, Pooh. Bring it back. Bring it back. We'll come back. We'll come okay, back. Okay, we'll come back. back. Okay. I want to make this point before I forget it because okay. she don't she don't be working all the time. But so <laughs> you know, when we have to think about the fact that the role that we play in somebody else's story may not be the role that we are in our own lives. Oh. So you saying that you know. He was a garden tool and he was irredeemable in that story. That was from that person's point of view and the situation that happened with them. But over time, people can be re rehabilitated. You know, perspectives change. People grow up and mature and turn into somebody new. And so now when he's center stage, he is presenting you with who he is and how he became to become this way. Um, and so you I was described that perfectly. Yes, you described that perfectly. And, and, he, and he actually... I think in the story of trying to get with you, he was actually hurt 
that people still saw him as that old person and even his family that the community and he tried hard to um show a different side of him but that does show you i, I like what you're going with the nicole that even just i mean talking about re real talk even people who um try to reform just in yeah. general just, just just in life a lot of times they find that brick wall where people are holding them or beholding them to that, that their past yes that's yeah, one of yeah I find though, he, you know, you. I just caught on to what you meant by garden tool. I was a little. <laughs> <laughs> but you know now, you to know, be Facebook honest, is banning people for cursing now, so you gotta say garden tool. <laughs> I, 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 I know. So let me know. But for for every garden tool or for every garden that has been tooled. It's some beautiful flowers that come out of that, you know. Yeah, that's all true. Women, that's true. Don't want a a, a new shovel. <laughs> I appreciate you. New shovel. New shovel. Okay. Hold on. Okay. 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 At certain points, women don't come into the garden all fresh no more. So True. you might need a tool to help you learn something new. So when True. you think about Devin and people hating on him, be unapologetic. You know, I'm trying, but if you don't like it, this is who I am. And that's who he was. And that's that's exactly, who he was. Yeah. And that's exactly who he was. That's why people like me love garden tools. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's um, a way to put it. That's a way to put it. Yeah, way to put it. yeah you yeah. had got garden tools. Now Nicole had, had a garden too. All you had garden tools in your uh in your book. <laughs> I mean, you can't yeah. write a book about a man and not have no garden tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta be real. <laughs> you know, like you know, like an alpha man. I was having this conversation with someone. Uh, just that forgot who it was. You know, you're talking about alpha man and the beta man. I'm like, you know, I don't want that. You know, the, 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 like a beta man. I'm just saying, you know. That's not necessarily my cup of tea. Could be somebody else's cup of tea, because you know, like I ain't even married a beta man. You know, you know, I like a you know an alpha man, but you know, everyone is different. Sometimes you can have a blend. You know, you you can have a blend of tea. You know, but you know this. But we could talk about Nicole, and we could talk about Jared. Uh, that 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 whole <laughs> that that whole entire vibe, and kind of like um, he was setting her up. He he was setting her up. So how did that story come about for you? So um, the funniest thing is that I never set out to write it. I this uh, I was writing something else, completely different, um, a, a book in another series that I was working on. And in the course of writing that, I was like, man, I really want to write a Valentine's Day story. I really want to write a Valentine's Day story. I kept complaining about it to one of my friends or whatever. And she's like, well, figure it out. Like either you're gonna do it and shut up to be talking about it or you're gonna not do it and I don't wanna hear the complaints anymore. So I'm like, okay, if I do it, I don't want it to be something that's like cliche. So I need to come up with like a good hook. So that's how I came uh, across the key and lock party thing or whatever as like the setup. And then I didn't know until I was deep in the weeds of writing it that it was going to be that JB had set Chinoa up. Oh, yeah, it was steamy, girl. Look, I don't mean no heart. Look, my dad gonna kill the almost blew up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> 
was on the cold doing up in here. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I mean, when the book, when the first line of the book is, um, and I'm sorry if any uh, saints are on here, but when the first line of the book is, uh, I'm going to get some dick tonight, like, obviously, you know where it's going. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, look, I had to say, yeah, it is. Oh, you're so I like my call. You better go ahead. And like, I really just wanted to have fun with it. Like, I didn't want to have any constraints on it. I wasn't, you know, trying to get to a certain word count. I wasn't trying to force a trope. Like, I just let myself sit down and have fun and, um, you know, just write whatever came through and it worked out in the end. <laughs> it did work out. It, it, it did. And do you felt like this was a total departure? from things you've done in the past or was it just kind of teetering on maybe um, it wasn't really i wrote wait when did that book come out it came out february 2020 so it definitely came out after fucking fall in love so it wasn't a hey. um but i will say that i probably write i skew more sexy than i did prior to that okay look 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 girl look you got hand claps and everything over here <laughs> <laughs> you got hand claps and everything. Now, before I go any further, I do have a giveaway, Shavana, because uh, Shavana has it on. Um, and Shavana, if you can routinely just share it, um, there is an opportunity if you do the uh, several things that are asked in the giveaway, um, your name will be entered to win a candle and a bag. And last week, I had um, I had two people, three people. Who did not respond to the email so you have to respond to the email because they have to get your address in order to send the information the bag and stuff for you and one of our sponsors tonight a black girl candle company miss uh cassandra Durham. and let me tell you this right here is manifestation you won't be getting this mine maybe i should show you, <laughs> you won't be getting this don't don't email her don't email Savannah. don't email um, myself but you will be getting samples honey from black girl candle company and they rock let me tell you those mm -hmm. candles rock baby you can smell them in the box mm -hmm. so uh there are three people who will not be getting theirs because they did not respond to their email so if you enter the sweepstakes Please look out for an email from readingyoulater at gmail.com because I need your address in order to send you the prize, okay? So please, please, please enter in. I'll share it on Facebook as well. And some of the entries are uh, you have to share this broadcast. And also I went to these ladies' pages, the author pages, and you have to like their author pages. We're here to support uh, Black romance. Like I always said, if you could believe a mermaid in, in space can fall in love, you sure could believe two black folks can fall in love. So we're here for African-American romance. So please spread the word about these ladies and their wonderful book and my sponsor for tonight, Black Girl Candle Company, and also uh, Kim Knight. Look, I forgot, you know, look, I got to keep my sponsors happy, honey. I got to keep my sponsors happy so we, we can do this. Now, um, Nanette, what have you been reading? Um... I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. Uh -oh. I, haven't, I haven't really been reading because I've been stuck on Bridgerton. Oh so, my God. I understand though. I understand. I, I, Bridgerton was I completely good. understand. I, I've watched it three times. Oh three. I've watched it. 
I'm stuck. The the boy is just out of. Oh my god! Can I just say I fast forward only to watch the sex scenes at first. Okay. I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched, okay, then I went so back here. and watched the. Then I went back so and watched. So the whole okay, look, Jennifer, I, I I look at it. You said link didn't work, but I, I'll look at it. Um, let me ask you a question. Is it a book? Because I know it's the book about by, by Julia Quinn, and and we're not gonna talk about that. But is it the the, is it the sex scenes or is it actually the plot that's moving you all? I, I want to know. We, we all it's Simon. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. That's it. Simon that's it. If he wasn't in it, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is I watched the series before I read the book, and I could in no way picture the Duke looking any other way but Simon. <laughs> I, I mean, when That's I read true. the book, and I so read you did it the right way. Well, I, I actually read the book because I I used to read Julia Quinn back in the day, so I, I, okay. I, I didn't okay. even picture him, and she must couldn't picture me because on the new covers is Simon on there, and that thing, you know, I just I'm just stuck. That's a whole different world. That's a whole different world, huh? That's no, a whole, look, a whole different. I literally just watched it yesterday, so I, I'm feeling it even more because I just watched it. Actually, watch the series instead of just the sex scene. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how far we can go because I haven't been on this platform. But you know what his issue is. Yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even yes. in his putting forth his issue. Uh huh. That's sexy too. Exactly. Why was that sexy? I don't know. I, I don't really know. Don't know. Okay, so now I don't, I'm not, I don't feel so bad because I was like, dang. I might, I might be a little <laughs> with this one because there was something about the way that he was. I don't want to say it out loud because I, I don't know how. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Gotta be, but he was poing and like he just made it look like it was painful. It was, it was uncomfortable for me. Okay, like, now midnight said that look midnight taking the high road. She said she liked the way he, he talked. Midnight taking the high road. He has a nice strut. He struts nice. He does. He does. And Nicole, you had your hands up. What were you gonna say? Yeah, um, can y'all just say what it is? I'm never going to watch the show. Um but I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> he kept pulling out every time they had sex, but he did it weird. Oh <laughs> yeah, they basically show they they it didn't seem weird to me. They basically showed him basically coming or ejaculating out, you know, outside of her. Her. Yes. Nicole said she's not gonna watch it, and I'm not even gonna go there. But um, I'm not gonna go there. I wasn't gonna watch it either, but once I did, I was like, okay, I get it. But that dude, he's fine. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's supposed to be hosting SNL this weekend. Yes, he is. I'm gonna watch it. I haven't watched yeah. SNL in about 20 he years, what? but I'm gonna pull up for He's that. He's hosting SNL Saturday Night Live this weekend. Who's hosting? Oh, girl. Simon is hosting. Oh, the guy's hosting? Yeah. It? Mm -hmm. oh. So this will probably be the best ratings ever. Yeah, probably gonna be the best ratings ever. It'll be the best ratings ever. They played that well because last week was Regina King and now this week is him. Yeah, black. Yeah, and, I, and I hate that I miss Regina King. So yeah, I gotta. Black History Month is on the way. <laughs> That's why I say I got Hulu, so I gotta watch it. I gotta watch yeah, it. I like Regina King. Yes, I lo love Regina King. Now let, let me ask you all a question outside of Bridgerton. If you could, and I, I know you all wrote, but if you had to remix any of your books with another book from another author, what book would you choose, and what uh, author would you choose the other book to, to remix? So I'm gonna look. Ty, I'm, I'm making y'all think on this. Y'all making me think. 
I'm gonna make you think. I, I have some ideas, but Nicole, pick a book. What would you remix, and what book would you remix it with? So I'm taking one of my books well, and I'm remix it with another author. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. See, I was saying this. <sighs> Wait, I'm going to take one of your latest books. I would say um, Running Back and mix it with the combination of everything with CCJ. I don't know. I, 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 I like the Sugar Valley. You see me on CCJ Okay, Ty. Ooh, that's a good one. Cause I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't read a lot of romance anymore. I, I, working full time, um, being a single mom, I don't have time to read if I'm all right. So I don't read as much as I used to. Um, I used to read a book a day, and now, ooh, I, and then I try to read inspiration from other stuff. I mean, I read a lot of like biographies, like I just read Lenny Kravitz. But okay. ooh. oh yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah. Does he have pictures in his Lenny. That don't that would go together. <laughs> But if I, I mean, if I think about it, a lot of my inspiration comes from Eric Jerome Dickey and um, even like uh, uh, Delaney Diamond, who uh, helped get me started. She when she was reading my work, she was like, you kind of have a hard edge to your writing. It's kind of like, a you know, Eric Jerome. And I say, yeah, that's exactly who, you know, so it would probably be maybe a mixture of forbidden my forbidden series with naughty or nice or something okay. like that. Okay. I can see that. Millie. I feel like I should have an answer because I was the last one to, to speak, <laughs> but like I, I was trying to think of an answer the whole time and it's really hard. Um, I can't really think of a book that I would like mesh with my characters. I mean, I think if I think about it really hard, like a book that I could remix is, um, fast because it's just like it, oh. it's, it's a lot more general but yeah. i can't think of a book that i would remix it with. i would think of oh fast oh my gosh I, I i could think a lot of it i could think of fast and grownish i i would do fast like with several y and a fast with jason and Kyra. fast with a lot of stuff i don't know what it was about fast um i, I want to talk about that but that book is such a such oh that that, that book blew me away that that book blew me away. I I, I must say, um, and uh, it was one of my picks for. I, I didn't read it until last year. I don't know what year it came out, but it would it was one of my my, my picks for my my top ten for uh, last year. Uh, it blew me away. Like your uh, your, your subject matter, uh, your characterization, the plot, uh, and I, I think it's a uh, it's a book. If someone asked me what is the most understated book that I read in the last two years, it would have been fast because I, I think it's a book that everyone should read. Uh, and I know this it's a, could be a trigger for a lot, lot of people. So when I recommend yeah. it, I do give it like mm -hmm. a trigger warning. But I think that the other aspects of it are are so powerful, are so powerful. And being uh, an educator and being in a uh, mental health field and seeing what uh, I, I won't give a lot of away, but I will tell you all, you all really need to read that book. Okay, people saying love, fast. yeah, fast one of my favorite, yeah. But I was gonna say that for the end, but since you brought it up, uh, <laughs> you know, girl, woo, you, you did your thing on, on that. And what what emotions pulled out of you? Were, did, when, when you wrote that book, did you have to take like uh, a cigarette break, a Pepsi break, <laughs> Pepsi and the shadow girl? Yeah, take some kind of break. 
I definitely was under the influence, but um, I was, okay. <laughs> but it was it was um depressing. So, but it happened like right in like the middle of 2020. So I think like 2020 was a depressing year for everybody. So it was kind of like you could tap into that sadness a little bit more readily. But um, it was one of those books that I wanted to write without having to like go deep into what actually happened. Because one thing mm-hmm. about like the abuse in that book is that it's not descriptive. And it's not like the forefront. And so like, I kind of wanted to like speed past it and immediately get to like what it means to heal um, from those kinds of traumatic experiences. And I think that writing about the healing had a therapeutic effect. And, but, um, and this book was a true love, love story because it was the love. It was the love that, he, that allowed her to heal, but also finding her own voice. So this book had so many different aspects of it that um, it, it could go and you know, when Annette was talking about genres, and that's why sometimes, you know, I, I know like you have to have genres, but this book uh, touched so many different aspects. Uh, you know, I you know I, I think it was probably one of the most understated books of um, 2021 when I read it. So uh, if you have not read that book, people, you need to read that book. You really do. If you have, it has to be a place where you're in a, uh, you have some emotional space. I definitely don't recommend reading the book, though, if those do touch on your triggers, yeah. though. You, you have to have the emotional space, the emotional have to read it, because it is, it is deep. And I think, you know, uh, and I think I know, like, romance sometimes really doesn't get the credit that it deserves. And I spoke about this last week, and I will continue to speak about it, because romance uh, touches on so many different topics, and it inspires, it teaches, it enhances. And it gives you um, so many different feelings and emotions. And people think about romance with the romance and the sexuality. But, you know, I, re- I read so many books that pulled me in so many different emotional ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? And, I, and I'm going to pose this question for Erica. How, how, do, how do you feel? What, what is your place in publishing? Because I don't want to say just romance in publishing. And what do you feel is your contribution for moving romance forward. And I'm going to start with the reader first, Nanette. What do you feel is your contribution for reading um, African-American literature forward? That's kind of deep. I don't know if I can. I think my contribution is that wherever I go and I come in contact, I've been a nurse 34 years. So I have literally come in contact with hundreds of thousands of people in this 34 years. And the first thing I do is tell people I'm a reader. And they say, well, what do you read? I read romance. And then I can also go on to tell them whatever their situation is, you should read this because if you like this, you'll like this author Mm -hmm. or you know, I like this author, or if you're having this issue, you know. So I think my contribution is, and you gave me an award, I'll I'll tell what I know about my authors, my friends, the personal experiences. And it's just an honor to me to be able to read a book. You know, I have no tolerance for people that don't read. I don't. I, my coworker said, well, I don't read. I said, well, we don't have no conversation because you're a little stupid. And she couldn't believe it. She's a trumpet, so for me to call her stupid. But that's my contribution is that everywhere I go, 
no matter who I'm amongst, no matter what the person is or who they are, I am not ashamed to say that I read black romance. And if you don't read it, then you're missing something. The other thing right. I want to I want to say to all the authors on here too is that your writings taught me how I should be treated. I was mm. raised in a matriarch family that really had no respect and no use for men except money and sex. Mm. Wow. So I didn't know how to be treated. That's what I'm this book right here. Or, or how you know I should treat a man if you. You didn't have one or two. What was your use to me? Mm. So I, I'd like to thank all the women that I've read, all the authors, all of you that share your talent with me that I can pass on to my children and my my daughter that was raised in a matriarch family, what she should expect. So thank you. That right there. Wow. That was good. That was good. Because I felt a little outshined with y'all. Oh, no. Never, never. You were a nurse for nope. 32 years. You're a nurse for 32 years, right? Never yeah. could I shine. Never could I shine. My yeah. mother's a nurse. Yeah. All right. right. And, and we all shine together. That's my yes. thing. That's that we all shine together. But it is deep. And that's why I think African romance is so important because we have so many different, um, so many different platforms that desecrate African-American relationships, yes. romance, um, uh, masculinity femininity and in african-american romance you I know mean, people say well i don't believe that so you're saying that two black people can't be in love two black people can't communicate they can't have families they can't have community and so that's the importance of african-american romance because it shows people who we are because we're people just like everybody else you know if you cut us we're going to bleed you know, and so I, I think African-American romance, the genre is so important because when it's distributed and people can see that, okay, we love, we hurt, we feel, we have relationships, we fight, uh, we, we get back together just like everyone else. And so we we are not a novelty. We, we're real. We're real. So we're real. Wow. So Nicole, I'm going to ask you the question, but look, I ain't forgot. You got something stern that I'm <laughs> coming up next. You think I forgot the first <laughs> I didn't forget. forget. So what's my contribution? Um <laughs> No, seriously. Um I think that the the biggest contribution for me um and this is something that I've been discussing more and more um as people ask me like, you know, what's your role? What do you think your role in this community is? And it's just to keep amplifying black love. Yeah. Um, and to keep writing you know characters who come from all sorts of socioeconomic backgrounds who have different levels of education you know who may use words that others may not use um you know some people get into this thing of where we have to um sort of always present the best version of black people um whenever we are put on a stage but nobody else has to always do that like mm -hmm. everyone else allow, is allowed to have flaws publicly and to, you know, go through whatever they have to go through in life in order to get better. So why can't we, you know, display that sometimes we are not necessarily a perfect person either. Um, you know, blackness is not a monolith. So, you know, I could write one girl who's from Chicago, but really loves Paramore and, you know, is a quirky, offbeat, whatever, whatever girl, but then she falls in love with 
a black dude from the hood who ain't never traveled four blocks from where he grew up. Like showing all of the different ways we exist in this world, I think is the most important thing. Um, and I would argue more important than showing people that we are human because we shouldn't, that shouldn't be our charge. Like as black people, we shouldn't have to prove to others that we are worthy of them to accept us and understand that we are human and to mm-hmm. love or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to prove my humanness to you in order for you to be like, oh, okay, yes, I read this book and wow, those Negroes, they love too. Great. But it shouldn't have to be that way. And and I think that when we keep um, top of mind who we're writing for, um, it helps us keep in, keep like in mind why we're writing. So mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite writers is uh, Tara Jones. Um, I'm pretty sure all of y'all are familiar with her. And I will never forget that um, I read this article from her years ago. It's probably a decade now at this point where she talks about writing to her base and her base being black women, because she said, I write to the base because the base takes care of me. And that's one thing that I always just like, it's always in my mind whenever I'm writing, I'm like, you know what? Um, can other people read this work and enjoy it? Absolutely. But who I am writing to, I want to make sure that I'm staying true to them. Um, and not letting, trying to get like notoriety or trying to become widely accepted, um, motivate me and how I move and how I maneuver and the people that I write about and all of that. So you're getting a lot of love. Um, <laughs> you know, see, one of the reasons I love Nicole's work is the diversity of the characters from book to book. Yes, yes, yes. Well said, Nicole Falls. Yes, Nicole Falls. Those are facts. I love it. That that part. So look, all of that, all of that, all that. And you do write very diverse characters. And um, I, um, I do believe that. I, when, what I read, I, I can say I read all your books, but I probably read a good 90% of them if I haven't read 100. Um, but your, your characters are extremely unique and they, they show the broad diversity of us as a people. Because sometimes people don't think, you know, they think that we all have the same heroes, we all have the same actions or reactions. Yeah. And that is so un, untrue. You know, when people talk about a, a black leader, I'm like, he don't lead me anywhere. <laughs> now, you know, like, it's, it's, it's just like, you're black, girl. I, don't, I don't see that. And it's amazing how they, or, or people actually, you know, if you live in a town or some small town, it's like, do you know so-and-so? And I say, now, oh, so all black people know each other. They're like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean it. I'm like, oh, yes, she did. I'm like, I have no idea who, who he or she is. But, you know, it's amazing that uh, we get grouped up together and we are so diverse in our thinking and our thought and our patterns. I love our relationships. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ty, you, you're not off the hook. And Nicole, you're not even going to come back to the, the next, what are you doing now, girl? All right, Ty, what do you think is your contribution? Um, I actually, um, it's funny, it's not funny you say that, but um, I'm a mental health, I've been in mental health field. I'm a psychologist outside of this. And often, because I deal with people problems, like literally, that is what I do all day. And with 2020 being a horrible year, like mental health needs have gone up so oh, extreme. Wow. And so we, for me- what you do. I appreciate what you do, the service you provide. Thank you. But the the for me, it's like, I try to write, because reading for me was always therapeutic. It was an escape. 
it was a way for me to literally just get away. My you know, original interest was young adults, which I still wanna get back to because that's who I typically work with, were teenagers. Mm -hmm. But one Valentine's day, I got a surprise text and it just inspired me. Just, I had to write this, I had to get this feelings out of me and I wrote this romance. And then I started really looking at how can I use what I know every day? This is why a lot of my characters I want to redeem because I met, I'm, you know, the people I've seen have done some some yeah. horrible things to other people, and they come to me looking for redemption. And so, I'm probably the most empathetic person you'll meet. And so, when I write my stories, sometimes my feelings get hurt when people are like, "How can you write a character that's like this or that?" And or you know, how can we forgive someone who's cheated or someone who you know who has hurt other people? And because this is what I do for a living, I'm hoping that when I do write and when you do read it, not only do you see yourself, even, even my, most of my characters are flawed. I've had people say, you know, some of my women, they're insecure, have low self-esteem. So many women are insecure people. Let's just be real. So many women um, have low self-esteem. And, and so when I'm writing this, I'm hoping that someone can see themselves and say, oh, God, that's me. And how can I be different? How can I learn from this? So when I write, even though I, you know, I love to write the romance, my characters are flawed. And I'm hoping through, as I tell my story, by the end of that story, you're like, oh, because I, I try to say this is why this person is this way. Somewhere along the way, you're going to kind of find out what happened to them that led them to this path or led them to be the way they are now. And it's through their intimacy with relationships with the significant other that brings that out. Because if this person is for you, they should be pulling out the best of you. It should make you want to be a better person. And this person is a good person in terms of relationship or intimacy. So. That's honestly how I look at my contributions that when you read my book, you should become you should have you should think a little differently once you finish in some form or fashion. If I did my job and my, my grandmother always says, and I say this to my, my, my kids, my husband, everybody, I say, mm -hmm. you better have grace and mercy on people because you want God to have grace and mercy on you. you know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. None of us are, uh, you know, immune exempt from making mistakes and um, hurting others. My my personal mantra is I can always be a better person. That's um, it. I think we should have more grace and mercy on ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, we, Agreed. We are so Agreed. hard as black women. We are so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to, and for me, read romance allows me to not worry so much about what I did or what I didn't do or, you know, what does this person think or did I act right? I could just live in the moment of you know, watching somebody, reading somebody getting their hair pulled or, or you know, running into that garden tool in the bar. <laughs> he the one tonight, you know. And you, yes. And, yes. And if you've done that in your life, sometimes you don't want to forgive yourself for that. Mm -hmm. You, But, you know, I always say people act the best they could in the situation they're in right now. Yes. If I could act any better, I would. Or maybe I won't. But I forgive myself either way. There you go. That's it. I like that. That's it. Yeah. That's All it. right. Words from the net, honey. Words from the net. <laughs> All right, Millie. Millie, so what are your contributions you think that you're making uh, to the world of uh, publishing? Um, so Nanette says something earlier about how when she reads romance, she feels like she deserves more from the people in her life. And that speaks to me because it's like, I'm not worried about somebody who's non-black reading my book and being like, oh, I guess they love just like we do. Like I'm, I'm more concerned I don't even about, think, yeah. right. Like I'm, I'm more concerned about 
black women reading my books and being like, this is how I should be treated by the person who says they love me. And so when I write a book, like in my mind, I'm thinking I could be writing about a, a girl who's in college today, or I could be writing about a black girl who's in her professional life right now. And they they all have different experiences, but they all deserve the same level of love. So like when Nicole yes. says that like she writes diverse black women, I I, I get happy to hear that because it's like I am the black girl that likes Paramore. So so it's kind of like I'm also writing to black women from multiple different um, facets of life and making them see that even though they are different and they have different socioeconomic backgrounds, this and that um they all still deserve the same level of love and so that's my contribution awesome 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 and you know what it takes all of this um all and it takes everyone's contribution um for us to propel the cause forward and and to propel our communities forward because like just nanette said you know um she's seen forgiveness and grace uh in the books and i've received so many different messages um, through so many stories that I've read, you know, and there's some books that I call my reread that I like, you know, if I have the print book, you know, I got a lot of print behind me, and I got me two years, but I'm like, no. I mean, girl, look, look, my, my, my husband, like, when are you gonna say it? But you know, I'm like, look, these are like my babies, uh, you know, you don't understand, but anyway, and then in Kindle, you know, I constantly highlight certain things that speak to me, and mm-hmm. words are power. And, you know, a lot of times when people talk about words of power, we think of affirmations or scriptures or mantras, but there are so many um, passages and words that I read in books that stick with me, that uplift me, uh, that propel me to different emotions. And so that's why the written word is so powerful. And what you do, which each of you do, is so powerful. Uh, Summer, I think flawed heroin is what drew me in when I read Endgame. I didn't see it a lot. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I want oh, to go, my girl. Hi, lady, let's hear You're good. Oh, I have a question for the office. And this yes, is something ma'am. I struggle with. You know, being a romance writer, do you guys believe in unconditional love? Because I do not. I don't. I believe in unconditional acceptance but I don't believe in unconditional love. And I they, you, I guess it's sort of funny because I will soak up a romance novel, but I personally don't believe in unconditional love. Then, then, then before they answer that question, what's the difference? If people want to know, what's the difference between unconditional love and unconditional acceptance? I think unconditional acceptance allows you to grace and mercy a person there are people that i have that have in my life that have been labeled the scum of the earth but i accept them for who they are i might not like it all the time and i guess it comes from my son my son my oldest son and i are just alike and i've had to pray that god would help me to accept him for who he is because sometimes people will make you hate them for who they are but once you unconditionally accept them then you can say you know what that's just who he is and that's okay with me because i am freeing him to be him so that i can be free so do you unconditionally love you love you unconditionally love your son i sometimes i don't she she i think she's saying are you saying you unconditionally accept him 
I unconditionally accept who he is. That allows me to love him when I'm struggling with it. But okay. I, I okay. don't believe it. You know, I, I mean, that's just honest. And I Yeah, no, no, I get you. You struggle with loving people when they don't act the way you want or they don't do the things you want, you know, or when your son is out there or your daughter is out there selling herself. And, you know, you've at the last end. I can't stand this woman. You know, I'm just going to let her go. But if you can accept that they're just being the person that they are, then you can move past that emotion of love and move to me and move into being accepting. I don't know if it makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, you, know, make, you make complete sense. I mean, I believe in unconditional uh, love. I, I think that is hard. But I do believe, I always say this that um in terms of you know you, you mentioned your son but often we as parents or just people we're we're supposed to unconditional love our families um i have a different take on it i feel like you can unconditional love someone but not unconditionally accept them meaning you love them you may not be able to accept what they do but you still love them because they're part of you okay or you know they're part of your family they're part of your bloodlines there's some people you can't deal with you can't talk to but would I want them to die? Would anything hurt, 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 you know, hurt them? No. But I recognize they are who they are, and I can't do anything about that. And I honestly think that um, in relationships, we often should have unconditional love. I'm talking about intimate relationships now, but we uh -huh. don't. We don't. Like, the minute somebody does something wrong, you're, ready to, you're like, I can't do this. But you wouldn't mm -hmm. do that to your family member or your child who's done things to hurt you over and over again, but you're like, okay, I got to love them because they're my child. And I feel like it, you know, it doesn't happen often in relationships, but I feel like that should be the goal, that we should be able to, if we're going to partner with this person uh, for life or forever long, that we have this sense of, of, I love this person no matter what. Doesn't mean I can live with them forever or I realize I can't, but I do want to have this notion of I love this person. Oh, we got a whole lot of debate in that. I, oh, yeah, I, that, was, I, that think, was a very deep question, yeah. right? Does it make yeah. you think? I, I, think, mean, it just, I, it I think it depends on, like, the person personally and their uh, acceptance and their ability because some some people have a limit on love. I, I, I've known people that, you know, I some some people don't love unconditionally. They, they love with conditions. And, I think most people. <laughs> you know, I would say the vast majority of people do. Yeah, I think most people do. <laughs> And I think too, we kind of have to like take into consideration um, not only your relationship like interpersonally with the person, but also like the relationship to any sort of traumas that you may have, you know, experienced around the person um, or, you know, mutual traumas that you share that may involve external forces. Like there's so many factors that come into play here that I can't really say that um, I don't believe in unconditional love, um, but I also don't know that I think that unconditional love and unconditional acceptance are sort of like inextricable. Like I, for me, they're intertwined in a way okay. that like yeah. there isn't any real delineation for me, I guess. But for me, I think that... Um... I don't believe in unconditional anything, um, unconditional love or unconditional acceptance. I think it, I don't want to sound cruel, but like, it makes me think of like, like being an annoying ex-girlfriend and being like, hey, would you love me if I killed your dog? Obviously the answer is no, but like, <laughs> but like in my mind, I do think that love 
inspires us to forgive people if they truly want to be forgiven a lot of the time. So it's like, I don't believe that you can do anything and someone, like there's someone out there who is obligated to love you. But I do think that if you are truly sorry, love is one of those things that can make someone kind of, you know, work towards forgiving you for the things that you've done. Well, I, yeah, I then 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 I don't know. We, we had this conversation like on Clubhouse, me and Shavana, Michelle, and Kate. We had this closed room on Fridays and Saturdays. It's kind of like our power. We talk for hours about anything and everything. It's a closed room, and I told them Saturday my, that I had a principal, and he had a very sickly wife, and he was telling me the difference between love and will. He said because people fall in and out of love for this will. He said it's a will that make you take care of a sick spouse. It's a will that yeah, make yeah. you. It's a will that make you go go to work uh, and work twelve hours on your own two hours of sleep. It's a will that would keep you um, monogamous in a relationship where you may not have all your needs. So he said sometimes people get love mixed up with will. He he said because a will will make you do things the right way. Love won't necessarily make that. So I don't know mm. if that works, but that always mm. 15 years ago, that has always stuck love and will. He said people use them synonymous, but they're two different things. Now I do believe in unconditional sex. <laughs> <laughs> so what you mean, sex no matter what you do? I mean, yeah, is well, that what, what that means? Do. Like no matter if what you do, you we know, having sex. They go along with that. They go along with that. Uh use uh garden you you, you, you tell them. They go along with that use garden. You know? I mean, there's always that one person. It's like okay, I you did you. a bunch of stuff, but you were good at what you did. So one more time. <laughs> that was that what you're saying. That's what she's saying. Like you can just yeah. kiss and say goodbye. Let's kiss and say goodbye. Okay. Let's you, say, you, you, accept, you, you have unconditional acceptance that they're good in bed and you can ignore <laughs> everything else. There you go. As long as you go home. <laughs> <laughs> and don't talk. Well, you know, Mr. <laughs> honestly, honestly, uh, there are a lot of people that live their lives that way. Uh, there mm-hmm. are a lot of folks live their lives that way, mm-hmm. and that's those uh, not not unconditional love, but the walls that people have built. And some people that that is all they want. And then I think a lot of people have uh, built those walls due to hurt female and male. That's a whole different conversation right there. We need to bring y'all back for something else. <laughs> 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 right yeah, write a book. Yeah, but do but like do do you think any of your books? Like I'm thinking of um, oh, uh, the the, the Eden book with Millie. Um, the Eden book. The, the, there were walls built because of the trauma. Uh, that each That's of them actually had. a perfect example because like, yeah. uh, Andrew and Anika hated each other, but they still had sex every they Saturday. Had, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were like, okay. <laughs> So, so you know that 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 is a thing. So, like, can and because a lot of people think that women can't separate emotion from 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 sex. Do you all agree with that? Oh my God! Most of my friends are the garden tools. I must admit, um, <laughs> I'm 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 probably the most prudish of all of them because they you know they love that I write these books. They're like, oh, finally, finally, you coming out? Okay, finally. No, I mean. I, my friends cheated early on. Like I didn't have those friends who did not. Um, Cause I remember when I wrote Endgame and one of my, um, and my character uh, supported Zoe cheating. Uh, Paula, her best friend supported her cheating and she was married. Paula was married supported. And I remember my uh, editor was like, 
that's not a good friend. What friend supports you cheating? I said, oh, actually, my friends do. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is based on reality. This is how my friends talk. They're like, you, you want to go for it? Go for it. They're like, we, we're about you. What makes you happy? What's, what's right. going to make you smile? Right. You know, and that's, um, yeah, they would support you. So, yeah, I definitely believe, um, I, you know, one of my good friends, I mean, we went out for homecoming weekend, uh, alumni weekend, and she literally was like husband and child. So, you know, I said, boy, this is how men do it. She literally was like, use me as her cover, was gone all day with some guy, came back, called us, how you doing, sweetie? And he was just loving it up. And I was like... Like I really have, you know, but I'm saying like from my experience has been more women that are like that than this other thing. So I, when men say, you know, women play games, they cheat. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> like, so has various, uh, I'm thinking of several characters who, who may would have fit that, that mode because your, your characters initially, they don't have to be in love a lot of times. They kind of like just find them, them, themselves kind of like going in. in yeah, that route. I don't, I don't, I don't think that sex and love are um, an extremist. Yeah, like I don't think that you have to love someone in order to ha to have sex with them. Um, and I don't believe in writing women who. Um, I'm trying to find a way to say this uh, that is politically correct, but one is not coming to me. But I don't believe in sort of writing women who limit themselves um, about, you know, what sort of sexual experiences they are willing to have and take on. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I've written about women who had one night stands and then it ended up turning into something more. Like, yeah. you know, Kids, it, I'm going to get me some deep. Like yeah, like that. Like or even um like the, the the best example probably of this is um my book Fucking Fall in Love. So the heroine the title alone, the title alone. Was like, I remember like looking at the title. Oh, Karen just said Demita Joe. That's another one too. Um, and the Pleasure Principle. Like that it it it's it's woman forward. Like it's pleasure forward. She's we know we're not worried about you know, outside perceptions or whatever. Like sometimes in life, you are just like, you know what? I want this and so I'm gonna go get it. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it, we, sh we should be okay with it. Like we should be okay with women in these fictional worlds being able to mm, have that much, you know, autonomy where they're just like, okay, I'm out at the bar, you know, he's cute up, oh, I'm bagging the bouncer tonight. Why not? Why? Why not? Like, <laughs> and 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 I, uh, at the risk of talking too much about my own business, like I've been in situations where it's just like, okay, you know what? This is something's happening here. Let's let's roll with it. Like instead of second guessing myself or being like, oh no, like what would the people around me think or what is you know this person gonna think after we do whatever thing like. Nah, man, like, I just want to feel good. So let's figure out how I can do that. And then we'll handle everything else accordingly going forward. Um, and, you know, sometimes it leads to something that lasts for more than one night. And then other times it leads to just. Well, look, look, everyone said, man, that that's the book for, for you, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, that's the book for you. That's the book for you, honey. Oh, you oh yeah. It's, it's, so, Nicole. so now would be a great time for me to circle back to that question about my current thing. Yes, um, ma'am. It actually ties. Well, before in. you go on with this book, that's for you. 
the pitch is what if he falls and she does not? Oh, that's, that's probably the story of, of, of Nanette's life, too, because I can see it. Well, you know about it. You remember that, right? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Let me tell you all something. Let me tell you all something. I was going to tell you this. If you ever go to a book event, like like LCA, it's not the like Thursday night, but you let's start Friday. That's how you start Wednesday. People start coming in Wednesday night now. But anyway, Thursday night, if you ever around uh, Nanette, there's always story time. <laughs> if you want some writing material, you need to be with Nanette on Thursday evening. We all like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds good. You write this and where he says, well, will you spend the night? And you think, for what? Mm -hmm. oh, no, I so just like my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Live here. I'm going home. No, my character, I had a character that was like that. My uh, Spring Blossoms, where my main character, she just loved sleeping with men. She didn't really want relationships at all. Yeah. Um, until she little, did. Uh, yeah. Spring Blossoms. Spring Blossoms. Okay. That'll be. Yeah. Why do I not know my character's names, Laura? But the book is uh, Release Intention. Uh, they start off as a situationship. Like they are literally a just. Situationship. Yeah, they are just screwing, and he starts to feel her more. And so when we meet them at the beginning of the book, he's kind of been icing her out a bit because he's mad that she doesn't want him for more than, you know, the nine or ten inches that's between his legs or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a plausible situation for sure. <laughs> and I think that, and, 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 and this is a thing that I think leads to a lot less of these kinds of books being written is that um, the audiences judge women in romance novels way yeah. harder than they judge men. Yep. Oh, they do. Oh, oh my God. Yes, they do. And I think also as African-American romance writers, especially earlier on, they're very cognizant of being uh, women being labeled something um, be, because of their, uh, how did you call it, situationship? <laughs> and their freedom to freedom and liberty to choose, and uh, other writers, other demographics, they didn't have that that problem. So yeah, I think for a long true. time, uh, our artistry was kind of confined um, mm -hmm. due to that. And so, oh yeah, midnight. Mid yeah, so true about the Nick Kelly. A Thursday night, Thursday night storytelling. Nick Kelly, you you you'll never be the same in Jesus' name. I tell you, <laughs> you'll never be the same in Jesus' name. I'm the story. Anyway, so I I think that you all are bringing like this liberty and freedom of being able to tell, like you said, a diverse group of stories about a diverse group of people. And people are are connecting because they see themselves, the auntie, the cousin, the sisters, the neighbors, the enemies, maybe, look, may, maybe even their uh, uh, baby daddy of a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, they are seeing life. I mean, it's true, it's, it's just life. Listen, I shamelessly mind the content of people around lives of people around me, like to to get book fodder. Like, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm doing a well enough job of um, modifying the things and experiences of myself and others around me um, in to this fictional whatever's so that people do like see themselves or someone they know like one of the greatest compliments that anybody could ever give me is to say oh this person reminded me of so and so and such and such 
Mm-hmm. Like that that's what I that's what I want to hear. Like, okay, it, it reminds you of your good girlfriend. Like, oh, you wish you were in the book having cosmopolitans with them too. Like, okay, I love that. Like mm-hmm. that's the you know, that's the bread and butter of like what I'm doing. Wow. Yes. All right. So Nicole, you're saying that the book you're working on is a not a sequel, but a it's spin-off. Not a sequel. It's a spin-off. It's, it's a spin off of fucking fall in love. Y'all are getting exclusive information right here because <gasps> this is the first time that I've said this publicly. And yeah. I'm only saying it because I am like 85% done with it. So I, I am confident that it's actually going to come out. You're 85% <laughs> done and we're 100% here forward. I can yeah, so it's actually going to follow um, Jane's best friend from uh, fucking fall in love, her best friend, Ebony. And it's, it's, interesting because in that book when we saw Ebene she was like the you know outgoing go-getter like girl what is you doing get your life get this man you know don't worry about all the blah 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 whatever whatever but then when we get to see her and what she's going through in her life it's a completely different sort of energy that she's bringing to the thing you know it's it's less of the boisterous confidence and more of like the quiet insecurities um of really trying to like navigate, you know, because she is a divorced single mother who is recently out of a disastrous um, post-divorce relationship. <laughs> so she's kind of cautious and, you know, holding her heart tenderly because she's like, I'm not trying to be hurt again, again. Like <laughs> I've already been through the ringer twice. Like I don't need to be um destroyed yet again but then this young dude comes in and he disrupts her life and yeah they uh they fuck around and find out okay we, we're here for it now millie what are you working on next what can we expect from you um right now i'm working on a romance series of standalones um the first one is a is a spinoff from a previous character from the collide series named morgan um it's gonna be really uh it's gonna be really outside the box depend uh compared to what I've done before. Hold on. It's echoing. Oh yeah, but it's gonna be like different from what I've done before. Um I'm really excited to share it. It's definitely Team Hot Girl. Like it's my, it's one of my first characters that's not like, oh I'm a virgin, I've never done this before. No, like she's very much experienced and I'm happy to be writing her. <laughs> okay. And midnight one oh is this a hard book, a hard, a hard copy coming? Nicole? You know what? Midnight for you. I you know, I got you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tara says she can't wait for Morgan's route. Okay, book. Okay, Ty. What do we have yeah. coming down the pipe for you? Actually, I have um, next week and next Friday releasing the masquerade seduction in honor of Mardi Gras from New Orleans. So um and yeah, it's a, it's actually a new adult romance. I like to dabble. Um, usually my characters are older. I did um, one already before, and this is another one. Um, and it really is this, basically this guy makes a bet. He's um, this young lady um, says that she's a virgin and proud of it. And he makes a bet that he is going to de-virginize her <laughs> before the masquerade party, the big masquerade party. He's a jazz musician. He's playing there. And he's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to make this girl go against what she believes. And so it's, you know, it really is just a, um, a, I can't say it's a fun story. It's fun in the sense that I got to talk about New Orleans and it's Mardi Gras time and everyone wears masks and, you know, it's it's fun. But it really does talk about how, you know, um, women 
see themselves as, you know, as sexual beings and what that means. And if you have certain standards, how people, you know, kind of knock them down for those certain standards. And that's what he learns about her inside. As most books, he falls for her, ends up falling for her unexpectedly. And now he has to figure out what is she going to think when she realizes this, you know, I started this as a bet. And then you got to see what the actual bet, what he wins if he bets her. Okay, so but, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's going to be. Yeah, coming out next Friday. Yes, oh, coming out next Friday. That's <laughs> how good is good. Girl, listen, you had me at uh, a bet. <laughs> and, you, and you kept me. You got to see what he's going to win at the bet, because now I want to know. Yes, but the, um, but yeah, and then I have a, a collaboration with another author I can't talk about yet, but we're going to be releasing some a uh, couple of books in the spring, and then um, yeah, Nolan the House, and then um, you know my follow up to Unforgettable Man is going to be Unforgettable Night. For Wait those a minute, read. Uh, uh, we got pre order folks. Got pre order questions. <laughs> right, Ty. I I don't think I heard you. What's the bet book? What's the title? Um, which one? Um, the one where he bets that he could take her virginity. Oh, the... um, it's the masquerade seduction. The Can't masquerade please. seduction. Okay. So is there a pre-order? People want to know. Is there a pre-order? No, there's not a pre-order for that one. Okay. Not I'll do books. Okay. These books do sound good. Look, I'm trying to keep up and ask the questions and everything else and t checking text messages and ma making sure I uh, <laughs> give the people what they want. Give the people yes. what they want. So we got a book coming out next Friday. One is 85% complete and Millie, I know you may not want to give us a, uh, a definite date, but can you give us maybe like a time frame month or something, your next release? Uh, definitely before the end of spring. <laughs> okay, we're definitely in spring. So we'll be looking. So ladies, um, if you would mind, could you shout out where the, where the best place for people to connect with you on social media or your website? So we'll go with uh, Nicole first. Okay, um, my website is www.nicolafalls.com. I won't lie to y'all and tell y'all that it is updated regularly. Um, um, but if you go over there, though, I do have a little shop and I sell T-shirts and sweatshirts and all that stuff too, and it's cute. Um, yeah, so all, it all Jill, she she was repping one of your yeah, um, Jill. She 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 holds it down. I, I appreciate it. Um, I love her energy. Um, and then everywhere else, um, I am either underscore Nicole Falls or author Nicole Falls. And that's uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, just know that sometimes I go on random rants that don't make sense to nobody. Um, so just be aware. Uh, but yeah, I'm all over the internet. All right, Ty. Um, website is www.tylovebooks.com. Um, and on Facebook, Tyler, T-I-Y-E, I know, uh, L-O-V-E, um, on Facebook and on Instagram is at Ty28Always. And Ty, uh, Tara said you always have gorgeous covers. So oh, thank you. And Summer said, uh, ooh, another unforgettable book. Oh, she loved this series. Yeah, Unforgettable Night. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Millie, how can we connect with you? Um, my website is milliebelazare.com. Um I do sometimes write blog posts like once every four months, so you can look out for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me. Quarterly. Right? <laughs> and then, and then I, um, I'm on social media, Millie Bella's there on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, 
and like Nicole, like on Twitter, uh, it's ninety nine percent me being a social justice warrior, one percent books. So follow hey, me on there. We're here for. And Nanette, and Nanette, Nanette, do you still do book reviews? You know I don't write reviews. Look, uh, look, I'm trying. Nanette, you still doing book reviews? I am, but you know what I did? I finished my first short story. Okay, so we got to talk congratulations. About yeah, we got to talk about that because, you know, I, I realize I do have all of this craziness in my head, but I don't want to be one of those people like, you know how people go to nursing school because nurses make it look easy. I don't want to think that I can do something because y'all make it look easy. You well, know. I tell you, Nanette has but, the material. Nanette has the material. I'm just telling you. I've said I wanted to, some things that have happened to me in my life, I want to chronicle because I'm proud that I made it through. And hopefully I'll be able to share some other things besides nursing. Um, other than that, I'm just here. And you know, we appreciate all you do to help in, in the community because uh, nursing most definitely is a ministry and we appreciate all the nurses along with Ty's mom for what you're doing and sacrifices yeah. that you're doing to um, help uh, us stay safe and healthy. So we appreciate you. Most definitely. Absolutely. So thank you for all I'm working on my I'm working on my presentation for LCA because I was so distraught about the other one. Oh no, you did a great so, job. Let me tell you, Nanette has done presentations like for the last two years. The first presentation, I think she did 2009, was it 2019? Last time with the physical one, she rocked the house. Uh, we we talked about love and heart because if you have been to LCA, you know it's not about all books. I do we do spoken word, art, paint. Pajama party. We had one with Travis Q one year. That was that that, that was our thing. Yeah. We we do we, we do everything. It said not about books. We, we don't even talk about books until to the second day, really. But um uh, we we do a lot of uplifting and stuff, but the net presentation blew us away. And then last year, uh she did one that, that blew us away as well. So I appreciate all you do. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, I know, I think I told you all an hour. We had an hour and almost 30 minutes. But uh, I it was fun. It was really fun. It's so it was an awesome conversation. And uh, I am just so happy that you all do what you do and make it easier for us as readers to enjoy and have something good on our bookshelves or Kindle. So we appreciate you. Can I say one last thing before we get up? Yes, Thank you for providing this sort of platform um to allow us to have these sorts of conversations i think that this community is symbiotic between readers and authors and i think that we need to always keep that sort of top of mind when we're having interactions um however they may be in person virtually whatever um everyone has their role that they play in this ecosphere and i just think that it's very important um that we let you guys know that you know you don't have to do this. You don't have to take time out of your day and cultivate this program and get us all together to come on here. Like nobody's paying you to do this. None of that. Like you just, exactly. you know, you have right. the, the passion for this. Um, so I just think that it's important that you know that, you know, we appreciate you doing all that you do as well. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank Very you. well said. I'm just going to say it all. She said it all. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, 
from my bookshelf to yours and um, from my heart to yours, I want everybody to stay safe, be careful, and we can continue to pray for Texas and the other um, parts of our country that have been impacted by these um, horrible storms. And um, please keep um, each other in prayer, keep each other uplifted, and keep reading. Read you later. Have a wonderful evening. Good night. Good night. Bye. 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 <laughs>